Praise God. I don't need to ask if you are blessed. You sound blessed. And normally when I go into enemy territory, I make sure I wear, I bring a, a white hanky. I, I preach, uh, uh, well, God has blessed us with certain giftings, and I thank God for the invitations that I get. And I, 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 I get more invitations from my punkster brews than my ear brews. And the inner of a skill, this is my punkster brews and my ear brews, is Mr. Vanilla's United fans. Then <laughs> Mutik, no, I must come in peace. So God bless you. It's such a joy, such a privilege. Man of God, God bless you. My covenant brother, Pastor John, his wife, Pastor Josephine. Pastor Robbie, God bless you. I, you're looking good. You're still blessed. <laughs> Pastor Raymond, God bless you and your wife as well. Dolores, God bless you. I is blessed anyway, so God bless you. Joy to be here with you. Uh, appreciate the honor and the privilege. I count it the highest honor to preach God's word. I always say of six billion people in the world, God has divinely placed his hands on us to be his anointed. So it's such a joy and a privilege to be here. Great to see your little one. God bless you. Somehow or the other, I, I remember we started together. The last time I came here, we, I had one grandchild. Now I've got five. So, yeah, the, the winters have been a bit cold. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so we've got four girls and we've got a boy. The boy is now a month old. So, uh, yeah, he's just a month old, so God bless uh, that. For we, are, we are genuine, genuine, I mean, awesome. I'm going to make sure he's a Liverpool man. But God bless you. I've got my brother here with me as well today. Uh, I was supposed to be in Durban. I was supposed to leave this week. We, we've had a, we've had a, I mean, listen, COVID has knocked all of us. And I know some of you have lost loved ones as well. And COVID has really dealt a heavy blow to all of us. I mean, we've had, uh, oh man, I lost my mum, uh, well, she passed away through old age, and then his wife passed away last year, Feb, uh, so he's single. He's single. So all the single ladies, he's single, all right? He's got three daughters, and you know what? They are on our necks. My, my wife and I, we are enemy number one. Because Allah's bangno I come, moisture from me, There's no doubt about that. That's why I'm making You see what I mean? And so they know now, hey, you know what? So last night, whenever they call, I, I say, put him on speakerphone. Allah, he's, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. We've got someone else here for him. So, uh, so if there's any uh, uh, ladies with lots of money, please, God bless you. Joy and a privilege to be here with you. I really honor you, honor you, man of God, as well. I know we haven't seen each other in a long time. When your last was here? Is it? My word, that's a long time. It has been a long time. But we make up today and tomorrow. This is what I'm going to do. Ega so blay, dang di yere yalas pungsters, yalas gabwonte lang dinsta. Hallelujah. I know when Pastor Raymond called me, he said to me, please, uh, the, your, your topics that you gave me was purity, uh, peer pressure, and then you spoke about also uh, the evening talking about father, son, and daughter relationships and all this. So what I've done is, this is what I've done, and a lot of research, a lot of, 
lot of prayer. The great thing and the good thing that I have and my advantage is I take my psychology, I take the meat out of the psychology. Not everything from psychology is great. I take the meat and then I take this, the word of God. And I marry the two. Now the answer is he. Alright, but this is where the answer is. And so what I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm gonna do a teaching. Alright, teaching, preaching. So I've got I think 140 slides there, Justin. Yeah, he's already looked at it, you see. Now don't show it now. Munifala no facey. Take it off, take it off. Yeah, Munifala. Not not now. So what I'm gonna do is, is just bear with me and be patient with me, alright? I've tried my best. This is what I normally do over a week. I normally do over a week. And so I've tried to condense it. I've tried to put it together. So I'll, so, is it all right? You know, so what I'm going to try and do is, I, I, I want to marry the boat together. Okay, so this morning I'll do, I'll, I've done one section this morning, and then this evening I'll tie it up. I believe God is a, a relational God. God's a God of relationships, okay? And everything, whether we talk of puberty, whether we talk of, of peer pressure, whether we talk of father, son, daughter, it all has to do with relationships. So I want to talk to you today and combine all that, and I will cover the pure purity. Don't worry, Pastor Raymond. You won't get in trouble in that meeting when they say, yeah, they're bringing money in the money, and it's apart from purity. cover on the topics here. And we have that all the time. So I'll cover everything holistically, a holistic approach to help you to see uh, why we do what we do, how we control our pain, how we control people. And then we will look at, tonight we will look at our, uh, our, our concept of God who God really is and what God can do and see how God tries to get our attention and then we're going to do some breaking of those review mirrors by our past as well. So let's pray together. Our Father, as we come to you this morning, our, we come to you in no other name but the name above every other name, the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, as I, Reuben Pele, come to you, I come to you humbly. I come to you, Lord, and I stand here as a John the Baptist who said that one who was greater than I who will be coming, of whom I am unworthy to untie the very thongs of his sandals. Lord, as I stand here, I stand here unworthy. And I thank you that through your blood that you shed on Calvary's cross, you make me worthy. Lord, as I humbly come to you, I do not ask you for a great sermon. I don't ask you for any great words. All I ask for, Lord, is for your anointing and for your ministry. Would you minister to us this morning that we will sing as the psalmist David sang, Thy word have I hid in my heart, dear Lord, that I may not sin against thee. Would you bless us now as we further wait upon you? We we'll ask you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'm not going to have one specific scripture verse, but as we go through God's word, I will give you on the screen the relevant scripture verses.
that's relevant to whatever I'm going to say today. And this is what I, I, I want to, is this thing hooked on? Justin? This is what I want to use as a starting point. Never, and this is difficult. I struggle as well with relationships. We all. I'm not coming to you from a so I'm not coming to you, as I come to you this morning, this morning, I am not coming to you from a position of perfection. I'm not saying to you, hey, everything I have here, I have it all together. No. Remember this, we are all imperfect people who've been raised by imperfect people and who are raising imperfect people. So I struggle. And even though God has given me the wisdom to do all these research and everything else and put this all together, when it comes to never allow the issue, and this is where we go wrong sometimes. I go wrong too sometimes. Never allow the issue to become bigger than the relationship or more important than the relationship. Because everything we deal with today is relationships. That's what we deal with, relationships. And so often today, come on, look back. How many relationships you could have rescued? But because whatever you were going through, whatever issue you had at hand, what happened? The issue became more important. The issue became bigger than the relationship. Now, if you find yourself making the issue bigger, remember this. When hurting people lash out, it is in response to what's happening inside of you more than what's happening around them. I repeated that so that you can see it twice. This is it. When you ever, if you're in this situation where the issue is always bigger, remember this. What they say, hurting people, hurt people. Because life has not worked out for you. Life has dealt you a bad blow. Things have not worked out for you. And because it hasn't worked out for you, you ball of anger. Wherever you go, you ball of anger. And, because, and so what happens? We hurt other people. So it's always that. Beloved, this is what it is. In order to build, and this is what we need to do. This is what we need. In order to build better relationships, we need to honestly and humbly. That's the word there. Those are the two words. Honesty and humbly. Humility. Seek healing in certain areas of our lives. We'll talk about the areas that, that need healing. Failure to humble ourselves and to allow God's grace to bring healing will continue to mean a struggle. The reason why some of us are still struggling, no matter how much you've prayed, but because you failed to humble yourself. You see? Humility plays the key. That's what it is. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's not about whether I win the issue or win the battle or not. No. It's about, you know what? My relationship with God means everything to me. So this is what I'm going to do. Isaiah, you mentioned Isaiah early on. God says, I have seen how they've acted, but I will heal them. I will lead them. I will help them. I will comfort those who mourn. I offer peace to all near and far. Let's look at some of the areas that we need healing in, beloved. What are some of the areas that we need healing? I'm going to go through some of these and just very briefly touch on it. Overworking. Do you know why you overwork? Because home symbolizes pain. Home is not a happy place. I know someone not so long ago where his wife phoned him to say this was midnight. And he just worked in the Navy. 
And the wife phoned him and said, hey, the son is quite sick. We need to rush him to the hospital. You know what he says? It's the beer, sir. It can you know, Afghani. This is the South African Navy that needs a non-white. We're talking back in the day now. We're not talking so much now. In these, this is a long time ago. But you know what it, what it was? He and his wife were loggerheads. They were going through major issues and they were going through a divorce. So home symbolized pain for him. Home symbolized pain for him. I know in one of my churches that I pastored in my second church, listen, every board meeting, they always said me, and you know, for us, it was compulsive to have board meetings. And what was bad was the church was here, you open the back door and ask me, he's, you know what I mean? They would chop me up, lick him. You know what I mean? And you know what? When I opened that door, you know what? You know what carried me through? This is what I, and I said it. I literally said it. I am now, when I opened the door, I said, I am now going to the people that love me and accept me unconditionally. And that carried me. So too often, guys, come on. We find ourselves overworking, overspending. Come on. How many of you, how many of you have said this? You, you in a mall, and you said, you know what? Hey, I was, I was having a down day. I was really depressed. And as I walked past to Sinek Patruvatda, to Sinek, I'm more rocking in the fence. And so, hey, I'm going to buy. I'm just going to spoil myself. Come on. You spoiled yourself only to discover that's not healthy. You get more depressed. Overspending. Come on. How many of us spend? We spend to compete with others. Only to discover diamonds are less deep in his scalp. And because you wanted to compete with them, you need healing. Fear, anxiety, fear. You young people, come on, girls. Well, you're so afraid of losing that guy. So he says to you, if you love me, sleep with me. And then what happens? Fear, anxiety comes on. I know of girls that did that, and then they go and they say they want the morning after pill. And then the social workers say, oh, I'm sorry, because I cannot just give you that pill. And then you're fearful, you are now anxious, you're full with anxiety. Why? Because you may get pregnant. You see? See, these are areas we need healing in, beloved. Sexual compulsions. You know what's my problem today? What's my challenge today? This is my challenge today I have. Couples live together as husband and wife. I've got a good friend of mine. They tell us that their son is living with this girl. Pregnant, she's got one child. And this is, this is their excuse. You know, it's costly today. It's very costly today for a per single person to afford a house. So they have to cohabitate. We call it cohabitation, where we live together. And they're so proud. I mean, thank God for the grandchildren. But you know what? When our grandchildren come the right way, that's the blessing that we get for the values that we instill in our children. Come on, mummies. Come on, mummies. Come on, daddies. Where are those days where we said to our ch children, wait till marriage? Come on. Where are those days? Come on. We walked in the house the other day, a lesbian couple. I've had this so many in my practice. I've had so many. 
Pastors, call me to say my daughter or my son is gay or homosexual. But you see, that's okay. We can deal with that and we can help that person through that. But when you allow that person to come home to sit behind locked doors, you know what's also tragic? Worship teams. Let me say this to you. Pastors, we need to guard our worship teams. So many of our churches these days have homosexuals in our worship team. Now, I'm not against you as a person, but the actual act. You see, let me say this to you. And I just recently had a family week in another church, and I just don't know why, but I just said to, I, I, the Lord just said to me, conflict resolution, conflict resolution. And I never knew why. Only to get to that church, and I spent the entire week just dwelling on conflict resolution. When I got there, I asked the pastor, hello, how's your worship team? Because I know those people. I know the church. I've been in there quite often. And then <clears throat> a week later, someone asked me, did you know what was happening in the church? I said, no, I didn't know what was happening in the church, but I know someone that does know, and that someone lives within me. You see, let me say this to you. 90% of the time when problems start in the church, it starts in the worship team. Not because you are bad people. No. It's because Lucifer knows and understands the power of worship. For God to say, if you don't worship me, I'll raise up the stones to, that shows there's power in worship. When you play those instruments, listen, I tried playing that instrument, but I'll stick to preaching and counseling. I will not play music. There's an anointing that flows. There's a gifting that flows. So it's not if I'm in the worship team. It is with what spirit I'm doing it. And we have so many of our churches these days. And my, the sad thing for me, it's becoming the norm. It's becoming normal behavior and it's becoming acceptable behavior. And that's the sad part of it. Let me say this to you. you perfectionism. You know what? I'll talk a little more on perfectionism just now. Because perfectionism, the need to control, you know, overeating, fear of rejection, failure, punishment. Perfectionism, fear of failure. The perfectionism counts because you have the fear of failure. Because somewhere along the line, you've never been successful. Or people have told you you're hopeless. Or you've never accomplished your goals. So now because you have the fear of failure, that's where perfectionism comes. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not promoting untidiness. And I'm not promoting uncleanliness. No. I'm not saying don't keep, don't maintain the standard. Maintain the standard. But if that standard comes first over the relationship, then you have a problem. Then you have a problem. Beloved, need to control. You see, fear of rejection, fear of failure and punishment. And you know what that is? A lack of sense of identity. That means you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. And because you don't know who you are, that's why peer pressure is such a big thing. That's why pure impurity is such a big thing. That's why you give in to all those kind of things. Because you don't have a sense of identity. You don't know who you are. But let me say this to you. When you are in Christ Jesus, that's the only place you get your sense of identity. Because the arm of flesh will fail you. People will always badmouth you. But the one person that has said to you, 
I have made you. We said, let's make man in our own image. Who's who? God the Father. Need to control. This is what's happening, beloved. Wherever we go today, you know why you control? This is why you control. You see, you control because you don't want to get hurt. That's it. You don't want to get hurt. Because you know what happens? This is what happens, right? When you get so hurt, there comes a time when your brain says, that's it. From now on, no one's going to hurt me. So what does your brain do? Your brain builds an invisible wall. Right? The minute someone comes to you and says to you something, and your brain perceives or your brain assumes that they're going to hurt you or reminds you of something from your past, what do you do? You shut them out. Even if the person had good intentions, and the person will come to you and say to you, but I didn't mean it that way. Why did you get so jumpy? That's not what I meant, but it's because you've been so hurt. You see, and this is what happens. We control, and I'll show you just now. I'll talk to you just now a little more, and I'll show you how, how we control a little more just now. Then the other thing, I'll put this last. Praise the double Hallelujah. Yesterday, I should have actually shouldn't have, I should have taken this out. Gambling is a major problem, beloved. Gambling is an addiction. That's why when you go to Grand West, to the gambling section, they will, they will say that if you have a problem, call this number. Because this becomes a keki, you're a scarce, healthy man. You don't even have enough to survive the whole week, but you got money for gambling. We, my wife and I, when we, when we just recently, we had friends of ours from Durban and we went to Grand West. And we went to the restaurants there in Grand West. Hey, it's amazing, the Otanis at the ATMs. We're drawing at ATMs, going and we're watching them. They were drawing here and then via ATM. I'm not too sure whether they're drawing Tinran at the time or what. But this is what happens. Beloved, grief, divorce. Some of you are still grieving. And remember, COVID knocked us last year. We've lost a lot of one, loved ones. We've lost a lot of family members. Divorce. Many, some of you may be going to divorce. You're still grieving. You're still hurting. Codependency is where you depend on others. You don't know, you, you just cannot survive, especially your lamana. As you throw nida asir and say, he's the makar. You can't say, you're clear of strikey. Scam your lamana. Yes, like it. Lying. Whoa. Christians, don't be here. No, 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 no. Let's go faster. Let's go faster. Alcohol, drugs. It's killing us. You know what? This is our major problem. Major. Major, and let me say this to you. We have more rehabs than we've ever had. But the problem has gone worse. It hasn't solved it. You know why? Because those rehabs are not built on the word of God. Those 12 steps, they're good, well, good intentions. But unless you go through deliverance, askian for losom. On the rhythm. No deliverance. No deliverance, beloved. I'm going a bit faster. Please forgive me. Guilt, anger, rage. Yeah. This is, these are major issues, beloved. It's major issues. These are areas. Peer pressure. 
I spoke to you earlier about this. Abusive and hurtful relationships. How many of us go through that? Come on. Come on, guys. We go through so much of abusive and hurtful relationships. Well, statistics tell us every hour six women are abused. That means if I look around this table, there's at least minimum 10 of you that this morning were either verbally or financially abused. Someone says something abusive to you. Your mother goes, if I may him. You got a suit so innocent demon, suit and tie and all this deep. Yes, I've had a, I mean, I've had couples that have been personal couples that I've counseled where they say to us, I love Buckley's was cut on one and he cut. And I'm coming in my But they're not bad people. I'm not saying they're bad people. They're just people that are struggling and that need her healing in certain areas. Insecurity. I'll talk about insecurity just now. Procrastination. Procrastination is where you're always putting things off. Where you never see the sense of urgency in doing it now. You're always doing it later on. Frame Fro, that's a good example. Say self, you say V. The first step in the healing process, this is what we need to admit. We need to realize I am not God. I'll show you how we play God just now. I need to admit I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. And my life is unmanageable. Come on, we need to do that. Be big enough to need that. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 to 17. This is what Paul says. Paul says, I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to, what I hate. I know perfectly well what I am doing is wrong. Come on, how many of us have been there? But I can't help myself. It is sin inside me that is stronger than I am that makes me do evil things. This is my version. This is what I paraphrased it to. This is it. The things I know I must not do. I find myself what? Doing. The things I know I must do, I don't do. How many times you pray and say, Yere, help for me. Yere, forgive me, help for me. That can make me pastor and far. Or you pray and say, Lord, help me with this person, with my daughter or my in-laws or whatever. Right? And then you then can come here and prominent and sing it as Pastor Peterson. And then stick it over there. They know a bit. What's that, what you pray for? Come on. How many times? Watch what you pray for. Because God's not just going to give it to you like that in a gift wrap. No. No, beloved. So be careful what you pray for. And this is it. How many times you said, Lord, help me to, to give up the smoking, or to give up this, or to give up that, or to break up the relationship, only to find yourself where? Just via Auntie Mary. You lost my Mary by the ace, and you can't have Mary too. And you're praying, and you're praying, Lord, give me victory. I don't want to go back. Well, what happens? You find yourself back there. Come on, let's be. This is the cause. Our sin nature. Because of Adam's sin, we've all sinned. Let me say this to you, beloved. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, it is what? It is sin inside me. The sin nature. And you know what? The sin nature will always pull you away from the things of God. It will always. Come on, let me say this to you. Let's be honest with each other. If United and Liverpool were playing this morning, how many of you would have been in church? The sin nature. Come on, will pull us away. If it was summer, 
and you got the new car, you have to decide between coming to the house of God and going somewhere else. Your sin nature, unless you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. God, beloved, your sin nature will still take you away. That's what Paul is saying. Let's see how we play God, beloved. This is how we play God. He says, this is what, this is what the sin nature says. The sin nature says, I want to be God. I don't want anybody telling me what's right and what's wrong. Am I talking to someone this morning? I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I want, I want to decide what's right and wrong. This mummy, this they didn't make teach any man. They didn't make money. They didn't make money. Or you even tell your parents, yeah, mummy, come for the mark. Mummy, for the name, for tell them. Come on. I'm talking to someone. What's right and what's wrong? You want to call your own shots. You want to make the rules. You want to be your own boss. If it feels good, do it. And this is what it is, beloved. The sin nature does that. This is it. This is what the sin nature does. You, I want to control. The more insecure you are, the more you're driven to control. It's your insecurities. The more insecure you are, the more you want to control yourself, other people, and your environment. You are driven to this. And what it's called? It's called playing God. You want to play God. And where did it start? It started in the Garden of Eden. That's where it started. Let's look at it. The cause, our sin nature. We deny our humanity by trying to control everything for what? Selfish reasons. Narcissism. Me, myself, and I. Those are the only three people that exist. Me, myself, and I. Nobody else exists. You want to be the center of your universe. How do we play God? We control our image. What's our image? What people think of us. So what do we do? We pretend. We wear masks. We fake it. We play. Come on. We only want people to see a certain side of us. That's why they say you'll only get to know a person when you live with them. High school man, school man, so fantastic. High school doctor, so fantastic. Poor all throw. Throw and all you I go past one man, I say, donkey era. I go past one doctor, I say, donkey era. Yeah. You deny your feelings. We don't want people to see the real us. We don't. We don't want them to see the real us. I'm afraid of telling you who I am. Because if I tell you who I am, and if you don't like it, it's tough for me. Because that's all I have. You see? So we don't want... So what do we do? We try to hide. We try to control our image. I have a good uncle of mine. He's still alive. He was a teacher. Now, back in the day, being a teacher was the job, right, in the apartheid years. And his wife died. Now, if you've been to an Indian funeral, hey, thy aunties are scree. I swear I must have to heal. Really, they cry. So he says to his daughter and to his son, he says to them, you guys are going to embarrass me. When that body coffin comes here, you're not going to cry. Hey, you know what? That poor child, those children, that poor child went into depression because she never grieved her mother's, her mother's death. Went into depression. And you know what? One day, she couldn't wake up. She was lame from the spine down, right down, the back down. She couldn't wake up. Couldn't. And you know what? I knew what the problem was, but you know what? He's full of himself. He wanted to protect his image. He wants, you know, we have an image to portray. 
Nobody must know who we really are, you see, because he's now some gugdung. And this is what we do in our homes as well. We do that in our homes, come on. We want to protect our image. On Salifa, secret means eight noini because the way you view them, the way you view them, I always say to certain me, why are you not inviting me to your house? Why don't you give me a cup of tea? Oh, Pastor Sally made tea drunky. <laughs> Come on. How many of you, I know when my mother and them ask my brother, he'll tell you, when, when, when the missionaries came to visit, my mama, it can China where can borrow, lian langsan, and she brought the best, and she sent us to the shop to go buy the best biscuits. To do what? Protect the image. They mustn't see we are poor people, we are armaments, and they will say, hey, Auntie Dolly, you are such lovely cups. I wish I could take you to Germany with me. You see? And this is what we do. We control our image. This is what we do. How we play God. We control other people. That's how we play God. We control other people, beloved. This is what we do. You see, parents control what? Children. This is what happens. Children try to control parents. Today, hello. Come on, parents. Over the soup, bang on the kind of discipline. Come on. Come on. Come on. No child died from crying. Kegu Lake once. Present Rosson. On the Paka Cray, man. Yay. Paka Cray. Kegu Lake once. Ah, uh, six pack is a banana, this is a cooler bag. <laughs> this may frozen, of course. Parents are so afraid today to discipline their children. And children throw tantrums and walk out of the room, slam the door. And you say nothing. And then you say, ah, you can't, man. Don't say the flow for man. You know what I mean? And what you know what you're doing. You know what, my wife used an illustration two weeks ago when she preached this message. This guy was sentenced, was going to, was, and the judge asked him before I sentence you, is there anything you want to say? And this is what he said. He said, Mommy, I would like you to come forward. He says, Mommy, today you should be sentenced with me. What, 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 I say no. Mommy, to make my ears the bike steal. Should I mention? To act no good, but mommy could do. Mommy didn't work a steer. To act no good, this was steer. I have a shop riding. This is shop riding. Video, I can't pick and pay anything. I was bang for that Jew or Raymond. I saw a lot of slate. Every time I stole, mommy, you enjoyed it. And you even prayed over it. And never once did mommy tell me, son, stop it. And today, mommy should be sentenced with me. Come on, mommies. I know starvation is, I know that. This is what happened. Wives control husbands. Husband controls wives. Friends control friends. Couples control softer-natured fiancés. Let me say this to you, husbands and wives. And this is from my own research and my own observation and my own practice. This is not based on anybody else's research. I could be wrong. But this is it. When a husband, you know what? We have so much, there's such an increase today. Of, of, of gay and lesbian relationships today in families. And as I look at them, I look at when mommy and daddy, when you don't live in your God-given roles, God's order, God-given roles, and I'm not saying control each other, 
But when mommy is the one wearing the pants and he, and he, pray, and he man say, Frafu your ma, what are we teaching our children? And I look at all those and there's so many of them that I have. Right now, I have them on my, my files, so many of them. And I look at them and I see what has happened. It's learned behavior because mommy and daddy have not lived in their God-given roles. Couples, this is what happens. The stronger one controls the, the weaker one. This is what happens with friends. You have one or two friends that may have a little more influence and you use your influence wrongly for your own selfish needs and selfish desires. We, are, we use tools, we use mind games, we manipulate other people. This is what we do. We use guilt, we use fear, we even praise our children, we use silent treatment. Yeah, I, I still stay pa? Ah, come on. Yellow You see, but you're angry with me. You see? This is what our anger rage, beloved. This is what happened. We try to control people. That's what we do. We play God by doing that. How else do I play God? I try to control my problems. This is what we do. We control our problems. How, how many times you've said this? I can handle it. Come on. I had a guy when I was at Nikro 15 years ago, I think it was, when I was at Nikro doing my internship, and there was this guy that came there for took. And this is what he says, ah, I can handle it. I only took once a week. I'm fine. My wife's got a problem, not me. Yeah, bitch, what? I just got tuck, tuck, tuck. To ruck, ruck, ruck. And now they tick tock, tick tock, gonna kneel. I gonna the craft. I left six feet. From saying what? Come on. How many times you say, I'm fine? We control our problems. How many times you said to the man in God when he came, he said, I've got to show me this. And you said, no, Pastor, everything is fine. You know? And you, how many times when Pastor said, yeah, I'm gonna phone Pele? Come on. Come on, come on, yalla. Pastor can say, he's playing so I'm a bellum to say, what you said, I don't need counseling. Suki, I play in me, you see. How many times you said, I can quit. I'll work it out. I'm my own. I'm my own. The more you try to fix it, the worse it becomes. The worse it becomes, beloved. How do I play God? I control my pain. Come on, beloved. Have you ever thought about how much of time you spend running away from your pain? Think about it, mummies. Think about it, daddies. Think about it. You're trying to avoid it. You deny it. You try to escape it. You reduce it. You try to postpone it. You try to postpone your pain in many ways. You try to postpone it either by eating. So depression is either overeating or undereating. Your overeating will lead to obesity. Your undereating, if you don't eat, will lead to anorexia. You get drunk or you smoke or you get drugs, or you go to drugs, or you get into one relationship out of another relationship. How many of you have said, you know what, this next relationship, I have a good friend of mine, and this is what happens. He got divorced. Now he gets another woman. Now he goes onto Facebook, and what does he do? Bad mouths the other woman. Doesn't say it directly. But then he even says, the Lord gave me the right choice. I realized my mistakes. Was that a mistake? You're a mistake. You see what I mean? And how many times you are like this, you break up in one relationship, and you feel the quick fix is another relationship. You've never had healing. Come on, you've never had healing. You jump into this other relationship 
only to discover that that guy, that knight in shining armor, is a Satan. He's Satan's number one. Come on. How many of us have done that to him? So you get into one relationship and you get out of it. And you feel that's going to happen. Or you develop some kind of compulsion, urges, or craving. You see, you, that's what's happening. You go, someone has to knock a knee, yalla, knee, yalla, do knee, dee, knee. Yalla, come hala, some, you know, the, the, the character says, I love you, Lord. And then they go outside. <laughs> you know what I mean? You become abusive, you get angry. You're angry with other people. Hey, your neighbor says, Morning, Shireen. Hey, Gupi has a Shireen Hini. Hey, get into trouble. Morning, Shireen. I say, Mmm, morning. Says, My neighbor, oh, Father, she's the only Christian, the rest are all Muslim. My Muslim neighbors are fantastic. I think they'll all go to heaven. But this one, Morning, I shall in Lama say, Oh, you love Muskin Kenya, love ah. Oh, I didn't take in trouble. I say, morning, so, mm. I say, oh, fire, yellow barrel. Oh, you become judgmental or critical. What do you do? You're trying to hide your pain. Pain comes. How else do I play God? Pain comes. This is what happens. Pain comes when I realize in my quiet moments I'm not God. And I can't control everything. And that's scary. You know what? Those of you who are as old as I am, if you're 65 and above, Chevy Chase, there was a movie of Chevy Chase, all these movies, Chevy Chase used to say, hi, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. I can imagine God, God saying to you, hi, I'm God and you're not. But too often we play God, this is what we do. That's the first step. You're not going to get well on your own. Don't deny it, beloved, don't deny it. Let me just sum up quickly. We're not done yet. I'm, I know some of you thought I'm done. I'm not done. The cause of our problem is our sin nature, how we play God. By denying our humanity and by trying to control everything for selfish reasons. We control our image. We control other people. We control our problems. We control our pain. What does God say? I have seen how they've acted and I will heal them. I will lead them. I will help them. I will comfort those who mourn. I will offer peace to all near and far. Let's look at the consequences quickly. The consequences of playing God. This is what happened. What's the results? There are four problem areas that always happen when we try to play God. This is what happens. Fear. When I try to control everything, I get afraid. What did Adam say? I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. So fear. We're afraid somebody's going to find out who we really are, that we are fakes, that we are phonies. We don't have it together. Even though I've portrayed this image, we are afraid somebody's going to find out. So I don't want to let anybody get really close to me because they'll find out I am scared inside. And so we fake it. We pretend and we fill our lives with fear, afraid that someone's going to reject us, not love us. And that's our biggest challenge we have is the fear of rejection. We are afraid they're going to reject us because we don't, they don't really know what I'm like. If they really find out who I am, whoa, they won't like me. So I resent that. So what happens? We're filled with fear when we try to play God. Frustration. You want to be the general union manager of the universe? Go ahead. I always say to guys who say, no, I started my own church. And say, praise the year. You carry on. Because only we know the frustrations we go through. Praise the This man is blessed. Hallelujah. He's got two burden bearers. 
He's got two burden bearers, Pastor Robbie and Pastor Raymond. Hallelujah. Allah has simply frustration. You know those pop-up games? When you go to the malls, you got these games where the, the lights come, and then you must press here, and you press there, and press there. And that's what it is. That's what happens when it comes. That's, what, that's the frustration. We're so frustrated. All you're doing, all you're doing is you're trying to, you, you, you have one conflict, you put that fire off. You have another conflict, you put that fire off. You've been there where you're coming out of, of, of a storm or you're going into a storm. And before you know it, beloved, you, you, you walk around pretending you're God. You think that you have everything in order. You walk around. Just because you were successful there, you think you're going to be successful in this and this and this. And you walk around thinking, hey, I'm God. You know what? You're so powerful. Pull the plug. Paul realizes. That's what Paul said. It seems to be a fact that life, when I want to do what is right, I find myself doing the wrong. Something else is deep inside me. That war with my mind that wins a fight and makes me a slave to sin. That's what Paul said. David said, my dishonesty. Come on, how many of us are sitting in misery today just because we couldn't be honest? We could not find the grace of God to humble us, just to allow us to say, hey, I acknowledge I have a problem. If you're frustrated, it's a symptom of a deeper problem, beloved. That's the real root issue that you haven't dealt with. You're trying to control everything, and it's not going to be working. Fatigue, tiredness. Come on. You know what? We try to play God. You try to control everything. You're pretending you got it all together. But let me say, when you do and you have to pretend, it takes a lot of energy. That's why some of you, they play, and the and the uh, arthritis and the sacred sickness and others. You have a buckler, yell on with arthur. Yell on with arthur. I'm proud of this arthur. Arthritis. We is an arty. Oh, you're help me. You're help me. Even I arty. You're help me. Oh. Father, forgive me. <laughs> hey, most people try to hide and they run from their pain. We think, I don't like the way I feel. So when I slow down, I don't like the sounds that go through my mind. Or when I lay my head on the pillow, I think, okay, fine. Now I'm going to sleep. Come on. How many of you have tried that? You work yourself to the bone. So you are so tired. And you think by putting your head on the pillow, you're going to sleep. What do you do? You do everything else but sleep. Your mind work overtime. That's what happens. Frustration comes in, beloved. You run from your pain constantly being on the go. You work yourself to death at work, or you get into some hobby or some sport, or it becomes a compulsion. You're on the sports field all the time, or somewhere all the time. You get yourself busy, and you feel busyness. You get involved, especially in church activities, and some of you hide yourself. You hide, and I'm not saying stop. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, but don't do it for the wrong reason. You're hoping you'll be so tired when you go to bed, you'll sleep. But you know what? You don't sleep. If you are in a constant state of fatigue and tiredness, always want to ask yourself, what pain am I running from? What problem do I not want to face up to that motivates and drives me to work and work so hard that I'm always tired? What are you running from, beloved? What are you running from? Failure. Now, let me say this to you. There are two guarantees in life. People say there's no guarantees, but I say there's two guarantees. And you can, you can disagree with me later on. The first guarantee is we're going to die. Say amen. amen. You know what I mean? That's the first thing. Some of you are looking at me as though we're never going to die. We are going to die. 
You know what I mean? That's the first one. And the second one, when I play God, we're guaranteed to fail. We will fail, beloved. You will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them, give them up, then God will show you mercy. He will show you mercy. You run from your pain by constantly being on the go. That's why from the beginning, remember, I, my, my role is to create a safe space. That's my role. Where people can talk about their hang-ups. No one here, now let me say this to you. This is what we need to understand. No one here has it all together. That's the attitude we need to have. That's the attitude we need to have. We are all different in different areas, and we know what? This is what you need to understand. Mommy, you need your children. Daddy, you need your children. Children, you need your mummies. Children, you need your daddies. Church people, we need each other. Pastor, we need you. You need pastor. Pastor needs us. I know. I'm being in full-time ministry. I know how much we need each other. We don't live in islands. We need each other. We need to understand that because, you see, sometimes they can be like mirrors that reveal each other's hurts and we help each other. Many a times it happens vice versa. You know, this is the atmosphere we must have. This is the atmosphere. There are two songs, and my wife and I, we play this regularly. Uh, we, we, we do the midnight prayer. And we're blessed to have our TV in our room and we have our YouTube there. There's two songs that guide me. One is by the Gators that says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And the other one is by Casting Crowns, where they sing the song and they say, I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save their souls. This is, this is what it is. This is the atmosphere. We are all mummies, daddies. <clears throat> we need to understand, like I said from the beginning, we are all imperfect people. We are all imperfect people who are raising imperfect people, who are going to be raised by imperfect people. And this is the atmosphere that we need to have. We are all, we, we, helping each other. We are together in this. We need to become more honest with ourselves and with God and say, listen, we need each other. The psalmist says, this is what it's all about. We need each other. Mommy, you need your son. Son, you need your mommy. You need your daddy. We need each other. As a church, we need each other. Sometimes our own family members are not there for us. But who's there for us? Our church family is there for us, beloved. We know you'll never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them. Give them up. Then God will show you mercy. God will show you mercy. Let's just quickly go through the last few slides, and then we're done. Just an overview of what we've done today. The cause of our problem is our sin nature. How we play God, we deny our humanity by trying to control everything. We control our image. We control other people. We control our problems. We control our pain. The consequences of that is this. And if you are being fearful, you are frustrated, you're always tired, always feeling tired or fatigued, or you're going to failure, beloved. You need to just understand this. This is what you need to understand. That's the consequences of playing God. I need thee, Lord. Stand with me. I need thee, Lord, right now. I need thee, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. I lift my hands. I lift my hands and bow my knees. Bow my knees 
and worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Let me just, let me just show you something. And then we'll open up the altars as you come. This is just part one. I'll have part two tonight. When Jesus said, suffer little children, Matthew 18. When he spoke about the children, when the disciples said, hey, re reject those children or turn the children away. Jesus said, no. And when they asked Jesus, when the disciples asked Jesus in, in Matthew 18, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? What did Jesus do? Jesus called a child. And he said, such, this, these are the greatest in the kingdom of God. Now, when Jesus was saying that, they understood because they were Jews. They understood the Jewish home. So Jesus was taking them back to the Jewish home. And for us to truly understand what Jesus was saying, we got to go back into the Jewish home. Now, when it came to spiritual things in the home, the father was the head when it came to spiritual things. The father took the lead. And the father relied on who? He relied on the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Levites, for spiritual guidance. Right? So he relied on that. So the father was the one who took the lead when it came to spiritual things in the house. Then there was the mother. The father was the, the lead man when it came to spiritual things. The mother relied on the father when it came to spiritual things. Now we're talking status. We're talking status. Because they wanted to know who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, unless you become like this little child, you shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Such. And the priest describes in the Pharisees. So the status quo was the father was the head. He relied on the priest, scribes and the Pharisees and the Levites. Mommy relied on the father. Then there was the servants. The servants relied on who for spiritual guidance? Relied on the mother. The servants relied on the mother for spiritual guidance. Then there was someone else who was lower than the servants, who were not allowed in the house. That was the slaves. The slaves. The slaves relied on the servants who came outside to share with them spiritual stuff. That's the lowest. But then there was one more that had no status in the house. And that was the children. The children had no status. They had no say. This was the lowest level. And Jesus was saying, unless you humble yourselves and become like this little child who is of no status, you shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And this is what God is saying to you today. Humble yourself. If you humble yourself and you exalt me, I will exalt you.
Let's pray together. Our Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for this time that we could have together as your children. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be the after speaker. That you would minister to your people. That you would do what you do best. That, Lord, you will not just, that today we will not just be emotionally moved. But we will be changed. You minister to us tonight, this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Man of God. Thank you.